Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, welcome back to another video. Today I would like to do a video in relation to a subscriber request. So it's a video request and it's in relation to the narcissist's family and how they relate to you. So the content of the email went like this, that the narcissist's family had treated this person like a pack of animals coming to attack uh, their prey and that no matter how hideous uh, the abuse was from the narcissist, the family backed the narcissist, the family's, the narcissist's family of origin backed the narcissist up to the hilt against um, the person writing the video. I don't like to say victim, but in this circumstance, the person would be a victim of a kind of a, a gang situation. So, she also said that the narcissist's ex-partner and children um, also closed ranks and around the narcissist and went against her. This is a really uh, hideous situation to find yourself in, but it's very, very often the result of an interaction um, or an intimate relationship with a narcissist who isn't aware they're a narcissist and the family dynamic around that particular individual. So let's get into it. Let's let's look at it and see how it kind of comes about. Um, see what it looks like when it's playing out and what exactly can we do about it to minimise the damage that's that's done in the wake of the ending of the narcissistic relationship or the intimate relationship with a narcissist. So if we want to look at the narcissist's family of origin, for a narcissist to come out of that, the family of origin has to be very dysfunctional. The narcissist is is made in the environment that they're growing up in. So if it is in a family dynamic, there will have been a dynamic there which fostered this personality disorder or this narcissistic style. The narcissist would have been, as a young child, there would have been a member of the family and it's oftentimes the mother because the mother is... If it's a family of two, it's often with two parents. It's often the mother because the mother is relating more to the child, but not always. So it, it can occur with the father as well. But the person, whichever parent decided to choose this particular child, if there was a number of children in the family as maybe their favourite or the golden child, it's often referred to that type of dynamic. The child would have been enabled to never be held accountable for any actions they took. So they would never have learned to introspect. They would have learned to blame other people and they would always have been praised and admired for overcoming, um, overcoming like their adversaries, adversaries. I think I've said that wrong. Their enemies, let's say, um, not showing empathy, but showing strength and power. They would have been praised for their 
worldly achievements and they would have been treated better in relation to the attention that they were given and the the wrong direction that they were brought in if they fulfilled the narcissistic parents needs they would have been praised highly for this and they would have seen they would have understood how to manipulate the narcissistic parent to get the narcissistic parent to do what they wanted them to do. They would have also seen that once they complied in a narcissistic type of style, that the other siblings, they had an advantage over the other siblings, let's say. So there's this unfair dynamic in the family to start off with. And if there are other siblings in the family, they will have had to take their roles in relation to the narcissistic parent enabler. So their roles may have been as a scapegoat. They may have tried to adopt a narcissistic style as well. Uh, they may have been the under narcissist in the family, like the understudy narcissist. They There's always or usually one more dominant uh, narcissistic child in the group of siblings. There may have been empaths in the family. They have may have had other influences, not been subject to the attention of the narcissistic parent as much and been open to other influences because, again, they didn't have the attention of this toxic individual. So you can have a mixture in the family of uh, narcissist, the narcissist sibling, uh, people with narcissistic style who aren't entirely the narcissists, but are high on the narcissistic spectrum and you can have empaths. It's very rarely that you would have a normal person coming out of a family with this level of toxicity and unfair kind of treatment and attention being given by the caregivers. So what you've got is, is, a, is, a, functioning, is a functioning family unit that's full of toxicity, toxicity, sorry, and people playing the roles they need to play to survive in that family dynamic. And even as the people uh, grow up and become adults, the sibling unit in that family, you still have your family of origin and your family of origin may all live quite close together. Usually the ones that don't live quite close to the family have either decided that the family doesn't serve their needs um, any longer if they're very narcissistic in style. They're not the head narcissist is taking all the attention. They the family aren't serving their particular needs. They feel their needs are better served elsewhere. They may move away from the family. The other situation you may have is if you have an empath coming out of that family in order for them to survive in their world and their way of being in the world, they need to remove themselves from the toxicity toxicity of the family. Luckily, I can't even say the words. So maybe that's a good sign. OK, so that's the dynamic that, you know, the narcissist is coming out of. Now, the family, remember, in order to function sometimes in a family like that, the people in the family may not be aware, very self-aware, but what they are aware of is their role, the role that works for them in the family. So if you have a very larger than life narcissist in the family, 
people, the other siblings will navigate their way around that narcissist. They will be who the narcissist needs them to be. So they have the least amount of conflict with that narcissist. I mean, the narcissist, remember, we don't know the extent of their narcissism. We're not diag diagnosticians. We're not people that can diagnose. We're not professionals. And it's very hard anyway to diagnose a narcissist because most of them don't come in for therapy. But we don't know how far along the scale the narcissist is in psychopathy. So you could also have a psychopath who is a narcissist in the family. The family members will be aware of the amount of danger that this person can do. They'll be aware of how what this person is actually capable of, even subconsciously. They will have marked this person out in the family as being someone to tread carefully around and to not upset because it's not worth the conflict that maybe it causes or the danger to them that it causes or that it uh, upsets their position in the family or for whatever reason. There's learned behaviours going on and everybody has adopted a role. And unless you do move away from a family like that and work on yourself and, you know, live your own life and become a healthier version of you, you're going to stay stuck in this narcissistic cycle where you play your role in the family unit. So that's what we're getting into when we're getting into a relationship with a narcissist. So what the family will do is they'll all play the role. They will they will be very aware of this person and this mask or persona that this person portrays to the world. And they'll go along with this to, you know, friends, outside associates, maybe relatives or whoever the outer circles are of the narcissist that they also um, are familiar with, because if they go against it, they go against the whole family dynamic. They're going to run into problems with the narcissist. The narcissist is maybe, you know, from the past, they've seen this happen. The narcissist will pit the relations and the friends against the sibling. Um, they may even get the parents to go against the sibling. The sibling may be shunned altogether and the sibling may not have grown enough personally to not to be able to function without the support of the family unit. Because remember, there's a huge amount of codependency in a narcissistic family unit. Um, it's very it's very hard for people to self-actualize in that type of a toxic environment. So a lot of people don't actually ever make the break from it. And they actually, they nearly become addicted to the cycle of being part of that unit because they really know their place in the family. They know what will get them rewarded and what would be not beneficial to them to do. So it's not worth their while to go against the mask that the narcissist, their narcissistic sibling presents to the world at large. They will play along with it and the narcissist will in turn reward them for playing along with it and making them look good to the outside world in whatever way the sibling is used to being rewarded by the narcissist, whether it's the pleasure of their charming company, whether the narcissist has money, whether the narcissist is going to support them in what they're doing, maybe they're in business together, whatever the narcissist is giving them in that kind of codependent transaction, um, they will take the, the benefit of rather than what they know from the past 
is detrimental to them to go against this narcissist or possibly psychopath. So the facade of the family itself, of the family unit, is kept intact to the general public and it benefits each member of the family to present an attractive family unit, sometimes to their outer circle or whatever. Now, they may complain to their, you know, their partner that they're living with, that their family is very dysfunction, dysfunctional, but it's OK for them to do that when their partner actually comes down too hard, maybe on the family. If it doesn't suit that family member for their family to be criticised, they'll kind of pull back a bit on that one. But in general, they will support the family unit if they're still part of it. So this is what you're going up against. And just to get back to the question um, that was presented in the email, the family unit in that dynamic are used to seeing the narcissist going through relationships and going through people. And they, the family unit know when the narcissist is occupied, when they're being fueled and fulfilled, well, they don't get fulfilled, but when they're being filled up with the validation of maybe a new relationship. The narcissist is in good form, is taking the foot off the necks of the family members and is not squeezing them for the validation, attention, uh, fueling that that they would require if the narcissist was without an intimate relationship partner where they can get most of their needs met. So the family's actually delighted when the narcissist brings in an intimate partner or a new relationship because they know for a certain amount of time, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Their responsibility in keeping the narcissist happy and giving attention within the family unit is going to be less. In fact, they're going to benefit probably from the narcissist being in this good position. And they may also, the narcissist may also, because they're so occupied with this new partner that they're bringing into the family, the other family members may get more attention from the narcissistic parent who now has more attention to give them because their narcissist son or daughter is occupied. So I hope you can see how in general it benefits the family members, the siblings, for the narcissist to bring in a new victim because, because you are a victim when you're being introduced to the family. So everyone plays their part in the drama and will welcome you with open arms and will support the narcissist's um, script in, you know, helping you believe that this is different, that the narcissist has never been this happy or well connected, that you do seem like a soulmate for the narcissist. They will also, in general, back up the story of the the the, the narcissist's ex-partner being a truly crazy person and very cruel and very awful. And whatever the narcissist's story is, basically, they'll be there as the in the supporting roles to the script that the narcissist is or has given you to to get you hooked in the relationship. So they're very much enjoying seeing you being brought into this what I call gladiator's ring. And they're 
there's two opposing sides, I believe, with the siblings. There's on the one side, there's the empathic siblings. And on the other side, there's the narcissistic siblings. But both want to see how it plays out, how the latest narcissist drama will play out, because both have an interest in seeing what the result is going to be. Now, if there are empathic siblings in the family, they may give you some warnings about the narcissist. They may not. They may want to stay withdrawn. They may, because empathic people always have hope that people can change and they see you as a good person coming into this dynamic. And they may have hope that this time will be different, that this time the narcissist has met someone who they're not going to walk all over, who they're not going to destroy. And perhaps this is what the narcissist, their narcissistic sibling has been waiting for. So they, in a way, have hope and they may try and guide you along the relationship to help it sustain. The other side is that the narcissists um, in the family or the the under narcissists, the people with narcissistic styles or the other lesser narcissists in the family will be very much enjoying uh, the, the what I call the gladiator fight that the narcissist brings you into the ring for. They'll be very much enjoying every stage, the voyeurism of watching how you will cope with what the narcissist throws at you. Because remember, they've seen it all before and they know how it goes down. But you're a new person. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's like watching your favourite drama on Netflix for them and they can be removed from it and they can support the narcissist as they as he goes or she goes along. So initially they're all full of making the best friendships with you and welcoming you in and making you feel like a movie star. You are, you know, just what the narcissist says you are. You're the best thing since sliced bread. You are the answer to all problems. You're the nicest person possible. You have so many talents and you're feeling on top of the world. And this validation from the narcissist's family, on top of the narcissist's validation, the mirroring and love bombing of you is highly addictive. And it's... um. It's like a time when you sail on cloud nine. You really do become mesmerized by the whole. You're in a drama yourself. You know, you're in a fantasy. You're in a dream. You just don't realize that it's based on fickleness. It's based on a reaction. It's based on a thing that changes. It's based on not grounded stuff, not real stuff. It's all glamorous and and you're wonderful and, you know, everything is brilliant and amazing and it's actually not. It couldn't be further from, from that, further from that reality. Okay, so when it changes, these people in the family will change with the dynamic. So as the narcissist starts to devalue you, they will listen to what the narcissist says, the smear campaign starts and they'll back it up with the outer family members as well, because the outer family members, relations and friends saying, is this relationship going down the swanee as well? And they'll then be justifying and saying, well, he or she gave it a great go. They'll be following the narcissist's story to a T and backing it up and saying that you were the person with the problem. Now, if you really think about this, you've gone from movie star to 
dead on the ground to, you know, the worst type of human possible. You're crawling along on your belly, whereas before you were up in the clouds with your harp and you were this beautiful angelic person. So if you even look at it from that point of view and the fickleness of these people in this particular toxic dynamic, and you stand back and look at that, how something can change so quickly, you have to realise that it's not you, that it's this group of people following a toxic mind, following a black and white thinker, following a magical thinker, following someone who does not have your best interests at heart, has your has only their best interests at heart and uses people like you use uh, a coffee cup, a paper coffee cup. While it holds the coffee for you, the cup is something you want to have in your hand. But when the coffee's gone, the cup is discarded. And that's who you're with when you're with an, a person that has narcissistic personality disorder. So guys, basically you're getting into a gladiator ring with a narcissist and you're being viewed by the narcissist's family in this ring to see how your performance will go down. Now, the family will also feed off you for what they can get from you while you're with the narcissist. So if you can offer them any residual benefits, the narcissist is quite happy to share this out, provided it doesn't affect uh, what they get from you. So the family kind of know this, that if they support the narcissist and the narcissist is bringing someone in who can benefit them, that that the narcissist, that by being loyal to the narcissist's story and script, that they will benefit or can benefit from you, the prey, also with a some type of residual benefit. Maybe you'll be able to give them a contact for their business or you'll be able to help them in some way or they, they'll be able to use your your house or they'll be able to use your connections, whatever, whatever they can get from you. The narcissist will sit back quite happily and allow that to happen for them to be loyal to them, to the narcissist, narcissistic sibling. So, yes, you know what you said in your email about uh, it seemed like the family was of the narcissist's family was uh was like a, an animal pack waiting for the new prey to come in. And indeed it is. It's like the narcissist is the head wolf in the pack. So they're going to get the best feed, but they will give the remaining wolves in the pack what they have left over or will let them eat at the same time. But they will be having the juiciest portion of you and the biggest portion of you. So once they've had their feed and the narcissist does no longer have a, a need for you or use for you and you're going to be thrown away, the family will totally clamp down on you as a pack of old bones that the meat has been taken off. And you do not have a leg to stand on at that stage in relation to these people that basically swore lifetime allegiance to you. Maybe you were marrying the narcissist. They were going to become your family. They will either ghost you or they will abuse you or the empaths of the family, if there are any, may stay in touch with you, may try and help you. But that's a 
difficult one because they may be staying in touch with you because they know that the narcissist is going to hoover and they don't want to get on the narcissist's bad side and they want to be able to give the narcissist information as well and maybe there's still of you know there's still a bit of hope there that at some stage that you could get back with the narcissist and may still be um they may still have hope that you're the one for the narcissist or if they're empaths, they will have compassion for you on some level and maybe try and help you to move forward. That's what you can expect from the narcissist's family at the end. I would advise, advise for sure, once the tables have turned, once the narcissist has discarded you and you can see the family closing the doors and following the narcissist, giving them loads of attention and sympathy and validation for the ending of the relationship. Do not seek validation from that pack because they will not only not give you validation, but they will look to see if there's any possible meat left on the bones. The best thing to do in a situation like that is is not to feed a fire if you they will still want you there until the narcissist has somebody else you'll be the talk of, of the the gatherings they will feed on you as much as they possibly can still until they run out of the memories and going over things that happened with you but if you're still within the dynamic if you're still maybe texting the narcissist or you've met them or you've met the family members or you're trying to meet the family members looking for closure or looking for an explanation, then you're feeding, you're feeding that hate and you're feeding, you're the centre, you're still in the gladiator's ring and they're still watching how it's playing out. So don't give them the satisfaction of that. If a fire is not fed, it dies, it dies out and you come out of it with the possibility of making a fantastic recovery and being far stronger for the for the fight. You'll have learned how to survive in that gladiator's ring. They will not have you dragged off as a dead person um, with the narcissist going around with the hands up in the air saying, I've won, I've won. No, they haven't won because they haven't managed to kill you. And the family have to look at that. And it doesn't reflect well in the narcissist for reports to come back to the family and in the family's wider circle to say, well, you said that this person was crazy. But in actual fact, they're doing extremely well. And it looks like they're in a relationship with someone else. So, you know, how does that add up to what you said? And this is actually a, a wounding for the narcissist and their family. And when you are not within the dynamic and they don't have something to feed on, they begin to feed on each other. So there's a lot of it causes a lot of chaos. It causes a lot of interfighting within the family because they go back to the old dynamic of them all just being together when there was a huge amount of fighting, bitterness, rivalry, jealousy, power struggles a very toxic situation. Once they have a distraction from their toxicity, they can all feel superior and play the roles, you know, that they that they're getting fed in. So if you do remove yourself from the situation, you remove the fuel for the fire 
and the narcissist has to go out and look for a new victim that the that they will feel is up to introducing the family to because they will have a lot of different little relationships in between you and the next person that they actually have their big relationship with. But they won't necessarily bring those people to be introduced to the family. In fact, they won't. What they need to bring to introduce to the family is a person of quality that's dynamic, that has a lot to offer, because otherwise it won't work. If they bring a person that's less than, that's not going to be worth um, worth building up a drama around if they don't have a, and a superstar to take down and to take to pieces and this person is not strong enough for that type of interaction and to survive it, it's not going to benefit the narcissist to bring them home to the family because there's going to be nothing for the family to to feed on, basically. So I hope you get it, guys. Um, if you're introduced to the family and you're very much involved with the narcissist family, it's because they deem you as quality, worthy, um, as being a top class type of person. And the destruction of you is going to be worthwhile. So don't, you know, you come out of that gladiator's ring with your hands in the air eventually. And there would be a great dispute over who exactly the winner was with the narcissist and their family. Take great care of yourselves, guys. I'll be back soon again. I hope that answered your question. Thanks.